0: What's happening everybody, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, and welcome to week seven of my weekly NFL pick show for the 2017-2018 NFL season, and we're running about three hours behind from where we would typically be recording this episode, three hours at least, so fair warning, she's going to be a little rushed this week. You could call week six a lot of things, but predictable is not one of them. I only went five and nine straight up in week six a lot of my fellow prognosticators really struggled as well that five and nine has me 55 up and 36 down straight up on the season only went five and nine against the spread as well losing the monday nighter i thought i had a chance there and i would have gotten it was it not for that uh Derek Henry garbage time touchdown right at the end so I was only five and nine against the spread that has me 49 40 and two against the spread so far this season over under I did hit 500 which was really nice I think that's like our third week in a row at least hitting 500 on the over under I was only seven and seven so that has me 39 up 51 down with one push so far on the season but again that is if memory serves me correctly three consecutive weeks of at least 500 over under platinum gold silver and bronze we really struggled in week six along with obviously most of the rest of the picks the bronze pick was pretty successful Uh, i would argue that was probably my yeah it was my most successful pick of the week Uh, The bronze pick, I told you to take Washington to beat the 49ers. They did, but they only held on to win that game by two points, 26 to 24. Wasn't against the spread win, as I told you to go San Fran, plus nine and a half. I felt very confident that they were going to cover that. But it was an over-under loss, as I told you to stay under 46 and a half and they got to 50. The silver pick won it straight up. Houston defeats Cleveland 33 to 17. It wasn't against the spread losses. I told you to take Cleveland plus 10, so they could not cover that. Houston basically doubles them up. And it wasn't an over under win as I told you to go over 44 and a half points. The gold pick, we almost completely lost out on the whole thing. It was a straight up loss as Atlanta blows a 17-0 lead, I believe at home to Miami, losing that game 20-17. to Against the spread loss, obviously, as I told you to take Atlanta minus the 11 points, but it was an over-under win as the game stayed under 47 points. And the platinum pick, we did miss completely. We whiffed, on the whole bloody thing the Denver Broncos somehow shockingly lose to less than half of the New York Giants 23 to 10 that was such that game was just the microcosm of the whole week I remember basically at the end of the third quarter of that game I think I might have even tweeted it or snapped it or something like that's basically all of week six that I need to digest and luckily I didn't follow through with that because the Monday nighter was actually super entertaining but Denver lose is that game it was an against the spread loss as i told you to go denver minus 12 and it was an over under loss as i thought the game would go over 40 points so platinum gold silver and bronze i was only two and two straight up which is bad i was only one and three against the spread bad but i was at least two and two on the over under Taking a look now at the Bridgewater's Finest and Hatbox Pick'em Pools for season six of my show and year four of his pool. Uh, Out of 35 people in the Bridgewater's Finest pool, I still sit in second place, which is just, again, a reflection of how everybody really struggled. In week six. So still in second place, 479 out of 738 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 65%. It's lower than where I want it to be, but it's still close to two-thirds, so I will definitely accept it. In week six, I only brought in 41 out of 105 possible confidence points. That was only a clip of 39%, and it's just not good enough. Shout out to our week six winner, West Coast Martin, Martin Wong, a longtime listener of mine, a good friend very active on the nfl youtube prognosticators page martin's a great guy he went 500 in week six he went seven and seven and that's pretty well a huge accomplishment in a week like week six so he was seven and seven only brought in 57 out of 105 possible confidence points for a 54 percent clip but it was good enough to win week six 69 king remains our overall leader 56 and 35 in total on the season so now one game better than i am 504 out of 738 possible confidence points that's a clip of 68 percent so shout out to west coast martin martin wong for winning week six and 69 king for remaining the overall leader in the bridgewater's finest pool We go to the hatbox pool now, out of 38 members, I am still tied for second place. Only one correct pick behind, I believe, our new leader, because I don't think the person that was in the lead last week is still in the lead, and that is correct. So tied for second out of 38, 55 straight up wins. That's a clip of 60% on the season. That's like where you'd like to be with against the spread, not uh, straight up, but hey, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep getting better in week six of course only brought in five correct picks out of the 14 games that's only 36 percent and it's not good enough shout out to our week six winner big brim who somehow went nine and five last week i wonder if they were just kind of trolling and taking the opposite picks to what they thought would actually win who knows whatever happened they got it nine and five 64 percent clip in week six, and Discalos has retaken the overall lead in the hatbox pool. 56 and 35 on the season so 56 out of the 91 games picked correctly straight up that is a clip of 62 percent so shout out once again to west coast martin for winning week six and 69 king for remaining the overall leader in the bridgewater's finest pool and to big brim for winning week six and Discalos for once again becoming the overall leader in the hatbox pool Let's take a peek into fantasy corner and see how my four fantasy football teams fared in week six it was looking like a terrible week there were many points throughout this week that i honestly thought i was going to go 0 and four i did manage to salvage a two and two week with my four teams which is nice one of those two losses came in the league where uh two weeks ago i was undefeated so now i've lost back-to-back games in that league in the professionals dynasty fantasy football league i put up the loss against throw up the hex that is my friend rich johnson uh, the admin of another very popular nfl facebook page so that team is now down to three and three on the season. Week seven, I got a matchup with Half Moon's picks, Stephen Coleman, a fellow NFL YouTube prognosticator. It's a projected win for me right now, but of course, anything can happen. Thank you, Rich, for the excellent matchup last week, and Half Moon, I'm coming for you this week. In the NFL YouTube prognosticators, Fantasy Football League, I got a Monday night comeback win thank you adam vinatieri you got the job done for me in my matchup against gavin o'connor obviously fellow youtube prog i got the win there and that team is now five and one and tied for the league lead in week seven i've got a matchup with jackalopes who i believe is the team that's tied with me for the league lead in the progs league that's a projected loss for me right now but again got a lot of work to do you never know what could happen so again thank you throw up the hex rich johnson and gavin o'connor for the matchups from last week and half moon and jackalopes let's do this for week seven that is fantasy corner I pause and take a sip of my nerd tea as we've now reached the point where I will remind you as always that if you go to the description of the YouTube video or the description of the SoundCloud or iTunes audio file, you're gonna find all of my results from week six, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week seven in the 2017 NFL season. You're going to find information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest and Hatbox Pick'em Pools for season six of my show and year four of Hatbox's Pool. It is never too late to join up. Put your picks up head to head against mine. Other great pick sets. You could get yourself shouted out on the show if you're good enough. To win the week you are going to find information on joining the nfl youtube prognosticators facebook page awesome talking football all week long gotta love it great people on there get on there and join the fun you are going to find information on subscribing to the hatbox nation youtube channel where i continue to put up my terrible parlay picks every single week and finally, you're going to find information on Nerd Teas, an excellent small business Canadian tea company, matcha, loose leaf teas, teaware, and accessories. You're going to find the link there. Go to nerdteas.ca, use the promo code finest save yourself 15% on your order. And in Canada, free shipping on any orders over $50, nerdteas.ca. We're setting a decent pace so far, but we got 15 football games to get into. One more time, this is going to be a lot of gut-based stuff. I've done my research, but it's just a lot of how I'm feeling here because we got to get through these quick. Here are your picks for Week 7, 2017 NFL season. We're going to start in Buffalo, where the Bills are going to be at home welcoming the Tampa Bay Bucks. Both of these teams are coming off of losses in their last games. Actually, the Bucks have lost two straight and find themselves in the basement of the NFC South. Tampa Bay definitely the deadlier of the no. Tampa Bay definitely the deadlier of the two teams on the offensive side of the football. Their pass attack has been very good this season, though still kind of understated with the yards and the points that they've put up. But Jameis Winston left last week's game with an apparent shoulder injury. So we're kind of waiting to hear and see what any ramifications from that may very well be the one thing that is not close at all is the defensive side of this football game the buffalo bills are having an incredible defensive season they are just outside the top 10 in terms of total defense like yardage allowed but they are the number one scoring defense in football right now only allowing 14.8 points per. Per game. And based on the fact that this game is in Buffalo, I got to give the lean to the Bills here. I'm going to take Buffalo at home to beat Tampa Bay, especially if Jameis Winston isn't ready to go. On the line here, Bills are favored by a field goal at home. I think you definitely have to take that. I like the Bills, minus three at home against Tampa. There is no total in this game, and right now it's the only game that does not have a total somewhere. Maybe Vegas was listening to me last week when I really chewed them out over being, you know, cowards. So there is no total in this game. I think the watershed mark is gonna be somewhere around 42 points. If you get significantly lower than that, I would say take the over. If you get significantly higher, I would say take the under in Buffalo, Tampa Bay. And really, it is kind of a coin flip. The two teams are only four and six over under on the season, and they were even last week. One went over, one went under. So kind of a coin flip, but keep an eye out for when that total drops. Let's go to Chicago now, where the Bears picked up their second win of the season last week, and they get to go home now and face the Carolina Panthers, who I believe I've probably underrated a little bit. Even though they lost last week, they're still 4-2 and, and leading the NFC South. Chicago picking up the win last week in overtime, a game that I did not think they were going to win. They went into Baltimore and beat the Ravens, and that is something that is difficult to do despite how the Ravens offense has struggled this season. Carolina lost on the Thursday nighter at home against a very good Philadelphia Eagles team, but they had a little bit of extra time a little bit of longer layoff because they played on Thursday night. They're going to be ready for this game. They're going to be fresh. I actually think this is going to be a pretty entertaining game. My lean here I think still has to be towards Carolina's side of the ball. Chicago has been living and dying on their run game so far this season. Carolina's run defense is pretty damn good they're only giving up 83 yards per game on the ground so they definitely I would say control the defensive side of this game it's hard to trust Chicago's offense they're only putting up about 17 points per game they're allowing teams to run for over 100 yards against them I think this is going to be a pretty good game for Christian McCaffrey if he can get it going so I like Carolina in Chicago to beat the Bears On the line, the Bears are a three-point dog at home, which is actually pretty tempting to take, but where it's only a field goal and it's, again, tough to trust Chicago's offense, even with Trubisky, who I think is certainly an upgrade over Glennon at the quarterback position, I'm going to tell you to take Carolina minus three at Chicago. Total in this game is 40 and a half points. The two teams are six and six over under so far this season, but both of them went over last week. So I'm gonna tell you to go over on this number as well. It's a pretty low number, 40 and a half. So we're gonna go over 40 and a half points in Carolina, Chicago. Let's go to Cleveland now, where the Browns, still winless, are going to welcome the Tennessee Titans, who are now, all of a sudden, after their win last night on Monday Night Football, in a tie with jacksonville and houston for the lead in the afc south that division is wide open now it is a little worrisome that the tennessee titans are allowing the second most points per game in the in the entire league only second only to the team that they beat last night the indianapolis colts so that's definitely troublesome in this game because i think cleveland has tools on their offensive side in order to get things done. But you got to go Tennessee here. You got to go with the team that just had a great division win last week. Sure, it's a bit of a short week. It's only six days. But I really think it's tough. It's tough now to pick a winless team like cleveland's not going to go winless they're not going to go 0-16 so they are going to win at some point, and it's probably going to be a home game i just think tennessee's got enough of the tools on the offensive side of the ball to get this done it certainly doesn't help that when you look at cleveland's defense where are you The the run defense has been, you know, actually pretty good. They're only allowing 84 yards on the ground per game, and they're only allowing 226 through the air, but it's the points. They're giving up just over 26 points per game. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. You got to defer to the better offense. I think that's Tennessee. I like the Titans on the road in Cleveland to beat the Browns. On the line, the Browns are a -a 5.5-point dog at home, and I think if their defense was playing a little more bend but don't break the problem with cleveland's defense is they play a little bit of bend and then they break so i'm gonna have to go with tennessee's side of this tennessee minus five and a half it seems like a lot of points but at least it's still under a touchdown so let's go tennessee minus five and a half at cleveland total in this game is 46 and a half points which seems pretty high given that these two teams are only six and six over under so far this season however They both went over last week and the last five head-to-head matchups between these two teams have all gone over. So even though it seems relatively high, let's go over that number of 46 and a half points in Tennessee, Cleveland. Let's go to Green Bay now and let's just get this out of the way. We're going to talk about this for two seconds and then probably not mention it again. Aaron Rodgers... Broke his collarbone, throwing shoulder. He's probably done for the year. It sucks for the Packers and it sucks for football because anytime the arguable best player in football or biggest difference maker in football, whatever you want to call it, anytime he's not on the field, it sucks for the sport. So it's terrible. Looks like Green Bay is going to be going with uh, Brett Hundley, I believe is is his name. And uh, as Mike McCarthy said, I've got three years invested in this quarterback and our room is great and blah, blah, blah. Well, that's what they're going to do. They get to be at home at the very least, but they're going to be playing a Saints defense that's playing much better defense over the last, I'd say, three weeks. hard to say oh the saints defense is playing better when they just came off giving up 38 points to the lions but i mean that was a game where the you know they were way 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 out front early so the defense kind of you know loosens up a little bit and i mean it's matt stafford who is the king of leading comebacks so i mean look I don't put a ton of stock into the fact that they just came off giving up 38 points. The week before that, they shut out the Dolphins, and the week before that, they only gave up 13 points to Carolina in Carolina. And I think Carolina's offense is arguably better than the Packers' offense right now without Aaron Rodgers. As much as I hate to do this, where I am a huge Green Bay fan, I didn't like what I saw out of Brett Hundley last week. I understand that he didn't expect that he was going to have to be playing, and he did throw a touchdown pass, but the touchdown pass wasn't exactly the greatest thing since sliced bread. It was badly blown coverage, and there was nobody around Devontae Adams at all. What bothers me is he threw three interceptions in three quarters, and that's a big problem. I realized that it was against, you know, a pretty darn good defense in Minnesota in minnesota so i i get that but again the saints defense is playing better and the three interceptions don't exactly instill me with confidence so until i see what the packers can do in this offense with brett hundley At quarterback, I have to go with the Saints. The defenses are about similar in terms of what they've been giving up on average per game. So you got to defer to the better offense. And it's definitely the Saints right now where the Packers don't have their starting quarterback. I like the Saints to go into Green Bay and beat the packers but on the line the packers are a six point dog at home and that's just too many i think this is going to be a lower scoring game as green bay's defense is playing about as well or better than it has played in years past so six point dog at home six points is too many here so take green bay plus six you never know they could win the game total in this game is 47 points despite the fact that the teams are combined eight and three over under this season and split last week one going under one going over i gotta tell you to stay under on 47 it's too many points with an uncertain offensive situation with one team so you gotta stay under 47 points in green bay new orleans Let's go to Indianapolis now where you have a Colts team that has to be feeling pretty confident, pretty comfortable on the offensive side. I think Jacoby Brissett has been playing excellent for them at quarterback. They've got weapons. You know, they kind of ran out of steam on Monday night against Tennessee and Tennessee just took over the game at a certain point. But up to the half, I mean, Indianapolis was looking really good on offense, moving the ball really well and you know getting into the end zone and jacoby Brissett looked good for about half of the game they get to go home now but the defense is just dude the defense is the real real question mark here and they have to play a jacksonville team now a division matchup jacksonville coming to town jacksonville playing really well on both sides of the football now the jags did lose last week they're only two and three in the last five they're an even three and three tied for the division lead, of course, with Tennessee and Houston. But when you look at this Jacksonville team, it's a different team. It's official. You got to call it. It's a different team. They've got two road wins already. Jacksonville has no idea or had no idea up to this point how to win on the road. It's incredible to me that they've won three games already, two of them on the road, with Blake Bortles at quarterback, because Bortles is still playing terribly, still making all the mistakes that he's used to made, doesn't look like he's made any progress in his own development as a quarterback, and yet he's still on a 500-football team that's won two games on the road. So football is just um, stupid. <laughs> but you wonder how the Jags have done it? They've done it with the run game. It hasn't been Blake Bortles. All Bortles has had to do is turn around and hand the football off to Leonard Fournette or Chris Ivory or whoever he has to hand the ball off to. Whoever he has handed the ball off to, it's been successful. This is a dominating, destructive run team in jacksonville 165 yards per game on the ground and indianapolis i think is just wetting themselves because they're giving up an average of a buck 14 on the ground per game their secondary is certainly not doing them any favors i believe they're the second worst total defense in football right now only to the new england patriots and that is in fact correct and Indianapolis is giving up the most points against in the league right now at 32 and a half I don't have to say anything else Jacksonville all day here this would have been one of my platinum gold silver and bronze picks had Jacksonville been at home I mean it would have been absolute destruction but you definitely have to take the Jags here on the road in Indianapolis to beat the Colts on the line, somehow Jacksonville only favored by three points in this game. Definitely take that all day long. I don't think Indianapolis, especially on a quote-unquote short week, is going to have anything to stop Jacksonville in this game. So definitely take the Jags minus three at Indianapolis. Total in this game is 43 and a half points, and you have to go over on it these two teams are a combined nine and three over under so far this season they both went over in their last game and head-to-head it's been you know the last two have been even but i mean look everything in this game is trending over so you got to take over 43 and a half points in jacksonville indianapolis Let's go to jolly old England now as the Rams and the Cardinals are going over to play another game in London in Twickenham Stadium, the first of two games in Twickenham Stadium this year, and again, it is the Cardinals and... Both of the London games so far this season have been blowouts. The Jags beat the Ravens 44-7, and then the Saints shut out the Dolphins 20 to nothing. So expect, whichever way you think this is going to go, expect this game to be a blowout. Next week, it's worth pointing out, it's the Vikings and the Browns, so expect a blowout in that game as well. Both of these teams won in their previous outing, the Rams at 4-2, leading the NFC West by a full game over the Seahawks. You know, the Rams keep on rolling, man, about 30 points a game still that they're scoring. The Cardinals are being badly outscored so far this season, but last week, Adrian Peterson came back, had a monster, monster game for the Arizona Cardinals. And you want to know how ridiculously bad the cardinals run game was up to this point after one game adrian peterson leads the arizona cardinals in rush yards and rush touchdowns he leads them in yards per carry by anybody that's had at least three carries this season he's got their longest rush so far this season which is 27 yards adrian peterson changes this entire offense or at least changed for one game. Now they've got to face the Rams, but look, the Rams are not an intimidating test for Adrian Peterson. The Rams are the fourth worst run defense in football right now. They're getting by by the fact that their secondary has been pretty decent, but the run defense has been god-awful, giving up almost 140 yards per game on the ground. It's translated to 23 points a game against, and I think the Arizona Cardinals are going to win this game. I like Jared Goff's potential to have a decent game here against the Cardinals secondary, but I think that run game is just going to be too much, too much. Just keep giving Adrian Peterson the ball and let him do his thing that he's now finally back to doing after a couple dozen games of not doing what he's been meaning to do and what he's meant to do as a football player, which is get high volume and just chunks of yards at a time. I like the Cardinals in this game in london to beat the rams on the line rams are favored by three and a half points as technically the home team here but cardinals all day even if you don't think the cardinals are going to win this game more than a field goal is too much in a very close matchup so arizona plus three and a half at quote unquote the la rams total in this game is 47 and a half points these two teams are seven and five on the over under so far this season they both went over last week so even though this is kind of a high number at 47 and a half i think you have to go over on it so i'm going to take over 47 and a half in arizona los angeles let's go to miami now for an afc east matchup between the dolphins hosting the new york jets and hey the new york jets what can you say about them man despite losing last week, I don't think anybody expected this New York Jets team to be three and three after six games. I mean one and five two and four at best but for them to be three and three, it's pretty damn good and the Dolphins despite only scoring 61 points in five games sit with a record above 500 at three and two tied with the bills. Now that does mean that when the Dolphins lose, they have a bit of a propensity for being blown out as despite being three and two, the margin of victory for the Miami Dolphins is about negative five points. They've only put up six touchdowns on the year. I kinda like the Jets in this game. It feels weird because I'm going against basically all the home teams the only home team that I've said so far that's going to win their game is Buffalo against Tampa so I'm like really riding with the road teams here but top to bottom the Jets have a better team like look Miami coming back on Atlanta last week I get that and that's that's like it I understand it because it's it's Atlanta and Atlanta's just weird so far this season I guess what I mean by that is it doesn't exactly instill me with confidence that Miami had that comeback because you have to take into consideration who it was against. On the offensive side, it's marginal, but the Jets are the better team. On the defensive side, look, Miami has been excellent. Like, they've been really good. They've only given up 16.8 points per game. That's the number three scoring defense in football so far. So they've really been riding their defense. But the Jets are no slouches on defense either. The run defense could certainly use some help, but they're giving up less than 22 points per game. It's not like Miami is going to suddenly just find this offensive spark and put up 40 points on the jets i don't think that is at any risk of happening yeah you know what i like it i'm gonna go with the jets on the road as who i think is top to bottom the better football team i like the jets on the road to beat miami on the line uh Miami's a 3 point favorite at home, so obviously I'm going to tell you to take the Jets here plus 3. I really think this is a good spot for the Jets to win. Total in this game is only 38 and a half points, but I think you have to go under on it. The two teams are a combined 2 and 9 over under so far. They are both under in their last 2 games. So the last 2 games for Miami and the last 2 games for the Jets have all gone under. Now 2 of the last 3 head to head matchups have gone over. But 38.5 points, even though it's a low number, this is just trending with this season for this game to stay under. So we're going to go under 38.5 points in Jets-Dolphins. Let's go to San Francisco now, where the 49ers are going to play host to the Dallas Cowboys coming off their bye. Cowboys, of course, will not have Zeke Elliott as he's set to begin serving the suspension unless something changes, which it could literally change in two minutes or two minutes ago. That's kind of the nature of this whole suspension thing. Even though the Cowboys have lost two games in a row, they're under 500. they would be in the basement of this division were it not for the Giants Uh, I I mean you have I think you have to take Dallas in this game San Francisco is still winless they've only put up 113 points in six games less than 20 points a game the defense is not exactly winning them football games their margin of victory is like negative five so I, I think you have to take the Cowboys here as certainly the better football team You've also had the 49ers who have made a quarterback change here Brian Hoyer to the bench. I can't remember the name of the quarterback that has now come in for San Francisco. I feel like it was something like Broadhurst or something like that. Let's see if I can't uh let's see if I can't find it here. Was I anywhere in the ballpark with this guy's name Beathard. That was who it was. CJ Beathard or B third or however beat hard. Who knows? Maybe that's who it is. I mean, look, he threw a touchdown and he also threw an interception. I think he had a fumble. Maybe his QBR is right about where Hoyers is. So I mean, look, they're going to have to adjust to a relatively new quarterback, young quarterback. It's a decent matchup against a, you know, Dallas secondary that I still think is overrated and not very good, but I think you got to take the Cowboys here, even though the game's in San Francisco. I like Dallas. beat the 49ers straight up on the line though dallas is favored by six points on the road you cannot take that you have to take the niners here plus six i think it's going to be a relatively close game But I do think it's going to be high scoring total in this game is 47 points. The two teams are only six and five over under so far this season, but I think you have to go over on it because I think both teams are going to be able to score their points. Both of these teams have gone over in their last two games. So last two for San Fran and last two for Dallas have all gone over Now the last two head-to-head matchups between these two have both gone under but I I just I'm feeling an over in this one so we're going to go over 47 points in San Francisco Dallas. Let's go to New York now where the Giants celebrated picking up their first win of the season in Denver very difficult place to win and their present for that is going home and having to face the Seahawks. Seahawks have won two games in a row, sit at 3-2, and two, a game behind the Rams in the NFC West. Giants, as I mentioned, just picked up their first win of the season. Seahawks' margin of victory, it's around five points. For the Giants' margin of victory is around negative four. So on paper, this is, you know, a pretty big statistical mismatch here. I think Seattle's going to win the game. I think this game's going to be closer than certainly Vegas thinks that it's going to be. Uh, I like Seattle to win the game as the better team top to bottom, but you can't discount the potential that the Giants have really picked up some momentum off of winning that game. I thought Orleans Darkwa looked fine at taking over basically the lead back role for the Giants. So you got another playmaker there, but I, I do like Seattle in this one. Let's take the Seahawks on the road in New York to beat the Giants. But like I said, I think it's going to be closer than Vegas does. On the line, the Giants are a five and a half point dog at home. And I think you have to take that. Seattle is by no means a good road team. Both of their losses this year have come on the road. And that's just traditional for Seattle. They don't travel well. They're going to have to cross the country here to play a team that won last week. So for them to be favored by five and a half points on the road, it's too many. Take the Giants plus five and a half. It's a game they could conceivably win. Total in this game is 38 and a half points. The two teams are five and six over under so far this season, and they both went under in their last game. So I think you got to stick with the under in this one. It's a low number, but let's go under 38 and a half points in Seattle, New York Giants. Let's go to LA for real this time, as the Chargers are going to play host to the Broncos. Broncos, as we mentioned, lost that game last week that they should have won, and now they got a tough division matchup on the road in week seven. You got a Chargers team here that is two and four. Three of their four losses have come in their own building, certainly not instilling any kind of confidence in their new fan base in Los Angeles. But it's worth pointing out, Chargers have won two straight games. They're playing better. And I mean, look, it's not like they're going to go 0-8 at home. I actually like the Chargers in the upset here. And I have to consider this an upset because Denver, top to bottom, is a better football team. But I I, I like the offensive potential here for the Chargers. So it's a bit of an upset. But I like the Chargers at home finally taking a home team to beat the Denver Broncos in Week 7 chargers win on the line the chargers are currently a one and a half point favorite but this line has been flying all over the place i think it started as like denver minus two and a half or something like that so it's come all the way up to chargers minus a point and a half this line is going to keep moving right up to the point when the ball is snapped money coming in on both sides but i like the chargers to win so i'll take them right now minus a point and a half Total in this game is 42 points. The two teams are six and five on the season over under. They both went under in their last game, but three of the four head-to-head matchups in this division matchup have gone over. So I'm actually going to tell you to go over on a relatively low number here of 42 points over 42 in Los Angeles, Denver. And the last game we're going to look at before we get into the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week seven is the Super Bowl rematch. New England, Atlanta, this game is in New England. I don't like the Patriots to win. So there are some things here I think that we can agree on. We can agree that Atlanta is not the same offense that they were last season. At the same time, we can also agree that Atlanta is better than only 24 points per game. We can agree that on the season so far, New England has certainly had the better offense between these two teams. We can also agree that New England has one of the worst defenses in football from a statistical perspective and from a points-allowed perspective. I think we can agree that both of these teams are going to put up their points in this game. I think we can both agree we can all agree that the Falcons have to have revenge on their mind and at least part of the Miami loss had to be the look ahead factor knowing that this game was coming up this week. What you're probably not going to agree on is what I think the end result is going to be. And I realized that this would mean that the Patriots would start the season one and three at home, probably more home losses already before the halfway mark than most people would have thought that they would have all season. But that's the way I'm going to go. I like the Atlanta Falcons in the upset to go into New England, get revenge for the Super Bowl. Falcons beat the Patriots. Certainly helps that before these last two losses for the Falcons, they have lost back-to-back games. So again, we're just we're just ringing out our callers here. They have lost back-to-back games, but they've won both their road games so far this season. Granted, they've also lost both of their games so far against AFC opponents. Let's just put it this way. It's Grain of Salt City, and I'm the mayor. So take it with a grain of salt. But the Falcons go into New England and upset the Patriots in Week 7. On the line, Patriots are only favored by three and a half points at home. Clearly, Vegas thinks this is going to be a close game. I say take Atlanta's side of that. Falcons plus three and a half. Total in this game is 55 points. Now, I've been saying for weeks, oh, New England's not going to play another under for the rest of the season. Da-da-da-da-da-da. The two teams are only six and five combined over under so far this season they've both gone under in their last two games last two for atlanta and last two back-to-back for new england so i'm gonna tell you to stay under the point total here because it's the highest point total by a mile of the week it's 55 points it's a full eight points higher than the next highest point total which is in a game we're about to talk about and in dallas san francisco of 47 Oh, well, there's also 47 and a half in arizona and the la rams so it's a huge point total here for teams that have been trending under i think you have to stay under on it under 55 points in atlanta new england falcons upset the patriots all right let's go to our platinum gold silver and bronze picks for week seven in the nfl we start of course with the bronze pick which is tied for my best straight up pick so far this season we're five and one straight up we're four and two against the spread which is also tied for my best mark on the season but we are still winless oh five and one on the over-under in the bronze pick. Let's see if we can't change that this week. My bronze pick sees the Pittsburgh Steelers playing host to the Cincinnati Bengals. And just a week after Ben Roethlisberger throws five interceptions and says, you know, maybe I just don't have it anymore, the Pittsburgh Steelers come back and play a game where they look like the Pittsburgh Steelers, picking up a huge win against the Kansas City Chiefs, knocking them off from being the only unbeaten team in football. What a huge win, a statement win for the Pittsburgh Steelers, putting their foot down and saying, we're the best team in the AFC North. We deserve to lead this division. Let's go. And hey, what do you know? They get another opportunity to just reaffirm that same statement in a division matchup against a team that is two and three. They were zero and three before they've won their last two games. But let's face it. Pittsburgh owns this division. They dominate this division. They're two and zero so far this season inside the division. Pittsburgh's the better team. You got to take the Steelers here. Le'Veon Bell running the ball all day long. And if there's anybody that's going to test that number two scoring defense of the Cincinnati Bengals, it's definitely going to be Le'Veon Bell because you got to look. The weakness of this Cincinnati defense is the run defense. They're still giving up a buck three per game on the ground. And of course, that 16.8 points per game put up by the Bengals on offense is certainly not intimidating anyone. Least of all, a Pittsburgh Steelers defense that looks like they're a little more rejuvenated now. Battle of two great secondaries, too. These pass defenses are both very, very good. I don't think you're going to see too, too much through the air in this game. And if it comes down to the run game, you got to like Le'Veon Bell. So I'm going to take Pittsburgh at home to beat Cincinnati. On the line, Steelers are favored by five and a half points. I think this is going to be a tremendously low scoring game. So I actually have to take the other side of that and go Cincinnati plus five and a half. It's just too many points for me. So Bengals plus five and a half. At Pittsburgh total in this game is only 41 points but everything is trending under about this the two teams are a combined one and ten let me say that again one and ten over under so far this season only one over all season both teams have gone under in their last two games and the last three head-to-head matchups between division rivals have all gone under it's a low total but take under 41 points so pittsburgh beats cincinnati straight up bengals plus five and a half on the line under 41 points that is your bronze pick my silver pick where i am three and three straight up four and two against the spread and three and three on the over under sees the minnesota vikings play host to the baltimore ravens vikings have won back-to-back games and now appear to have recovered from the loss of dalvin cook jarek mckinnon playing excellent football right now with Latavius Murray as kind of, you know, the complimentary back there. But Jarek McKinnon playing excellent football, an excellent ground game once again for Minnesota. That's only, of course, going to get better when Dalvin Cook comes back next season. And now with the Rodgers injury in Green Bay, that division is wide open and Minnesota has got a great chance. They got the inside track here for sure to win that division. Ravens historically not a good road team, but they are 2 and 1 so far in their 3 road games this season, but the Vikings are 3 and 1 at home, 3 of their 4 wins already have come at home in Minnesota, and that's the way I got to go in this game. I got to go with the team that's got the better offense, that's the Vikings. I got to go with the team that's got the better defense, that's the Vikings. The Ravens I don't know, like you don't know what to think about the Ravens on a week to week basis. Like, you gotta love them in terms of the ground game, even though they are just, like, refuse to commit to a single running back. But hey, I guess if it ain't broke, don't fix it. They're putting up a buck 29 and a half on the ground per game that has them firmly inside the top 10 in terms of run offenses so far on the season. But they're gonna be running into the number three run defense in football as well. The Minnesota Vikings only giving up yards per game on the ground so you gotta like the Vikings here the offensive potential for the Vikings is great especially if they get Stefan Diggs back I like the Vikings here at home to beat the Ravens but I don't like them as much as Vegas apparently likes them Minnesota favored by five and a half points in this game I think it's too many for what I think is going to be a pretty low scoring game so just like the Cincinnati game I gotta tell you to go Baltimore plus five and a half at Minnesota total in this game 39 and a half points the two teams combined five and seven over under so far this season they were even last week one went over one went under i think you have to stay under on it even though it's a low number it's two teams predicated on defense whose offenses have been hit and missed so far this season good run defenses pretty good secondaries i think you got to stay under on this So we're going to go Minnesota over Baltimore straight up Baltimore plus five and a half on the line under 39 and a half points. That is your silver pick. My gold pick where I'm five and one straight up three and three against the spread and five and one over under sees the Oakland Raiders playing host to the Kansas City Chiefs a battle of the AFC West. And it's a battle of polar opposites in the AFC West. you got the Chiefs, who are 5-1, leading the division by two full games right now. They were undefeated before last week. And then you've got the Oakland Raiders, losers of four straight games after starting the season 2-0. Now look, Derek Carr came back last week, only missed one week with a fracture in his back which I just, it it blows my mind that he only missed a week with a back fracture. He did pretty good. He threw for 70%. He only threw for 141 yards. He threw a touchdown, but was intercepted twice. He was sacked. He fumbled the ball. He didn't quite look himself. And until I know and I can see that he is himself, it's really hard to pick with the Raiders here. Now, it is worth noting the Raiders have now signed Navarro Bowman after he was cut from the 49ers. This is a guy that's probably going to be a Hall of Famer, or he certainly has a case to make to get into the hall of fame bowman signs a one-year three million dollar contract with the raiders that's definitely going to help them on the defensive side of the ball and i would say the raiders certainly need the help giving up a buck 17 per game on the ground navarro bowman will help with that for sure i mean it's very simple here oakland's got to get the ball in the end zone that's what they're that's what they do they're a high scoring offense they've got all kinds of weapons on the offensive side they got to get the ball in the end zone they have not been doing that and it showed certainly in their loss last week that one point loss last second field goal for the chargers to win that game this is the raiders third straight home game they're gonna have to hit the road for back-to-back roadies after this it's possible that they could be overlooking although it's hard to overlook you know a five and one division rival but it's possible they could be a bit of a look ahead game and that could really spell trouble against the kansas city chiefs one of the best offenses if not the best offense in football i'll say one thing here the chiefs have got to figure out how to stop the run Because they're not going to stay among the top teams in the league for long if they can't tighten up that defense, which that's been their real problem. And so many times this season, if you're watching a Chiefs game, just prior to the snap, the defensive players are still moving all over the place. It's like there's miscommunications. They don't technically know where they're supposed to be. And it's shown in a lot of games, their offense has been able to mask the fact that the Chiefs can barely stop the run. I don't see the Chiefs losing back-to-back games here. I feel pretty confident I, for them, go, even though they're going into the opponent's building, but I feel confident in them playing a team where the quarterback is questionable. They're on a big losing streak. Of course, they want to end that losing streak, so there is motivation there, but you got to like the better team here. And overall, top to bottom, better team is the Chiefs. So I like the Chiefs on the road to go into Oakland and beat the Raiders. On the line, Raiders are three-point dogs at home, but you got to take the Chiefs there minus three if you like them to win the game like I do. Total in this game is 47 points. The two teams are a combined six and six over under so far this season, but They both went under in their last game, and the last three head-to-head matchups have all gone under. So I'm actually going to tell you, kind of going against a lot of the things that I've said talking about this game, I'm going to tell you to stay under on this one. 47, it's kind of a high number, but not crazy high. But I mean, look, neither one of these teams are really firing on the overs Kansas City is, but, you know, Oakland there on the other side, they've played pretty well all unders this season. So I like the game to stay under where it's in Oakland's building. So Kansas City beats Oakland on the road in Oakland. I like Kansas City minus three on the line under 47 points. That is your gold pick. And the Platinum pick, it's the only game we haven't talked about to this point. I'm 4-2 and two straight up, but only 1-5 and five against the spread and over-under. Those numbers have to get better. We hope that that starts this week. The Philadelphia Eagles at home taking on the Washington Redskins. Typically, this game would not have been anywhere close to being on the Platinum, Gold, Silver, and Bronze because it's a division matchup. They're both good teams and they play each other tight. But I've just been so impressed with the Philadelphia Eagles. Like that team, that offense, Carson Wentz, I've talked about him now for a couple of straight weeks. Carson Wentz is very quickly becoming one of my favorite players in football. Because he's just he's just an exciting young player. The future, arguably, of the quarterback position in this league runs through Philadelphia. And he has given that Eagles team a ton to cheer about at 5-1. and one. Eagles are undefeated so far at home. Redskins have split their two road games so far this season. One of the big difference makers here, I think. Philadelphia has played the division very well so far. They've won both of their division games. The Redskins have dropped their only division game so far. Philadelphia has not lost against an NFC opponent Yet this season, they've won four consecutive games. The Redskins did win last time out, but you gotta like the far superior team here, especially on the offensive side. That is the Philadelphia Eagles. I like the Eagles at home to beat the Redskins. On the line, Philadelphia favored by four and a half points. You gotta like that where the game's in Philadelphia. If the game was in Washington, it would definitely be a different story. But where it's in Philly, I like them to cover minus four and a half. Total in this game is 48 and a half points. I actually think you have to go over on it. The two teams are seven and four over under so far this year. They both went over last week. Two of the last three head-to-head matchups have gone over. So take the over of 48 and a half points in this game. So Philadelphia beats Washington straight up. I like the Eagles to cover minus four and a half at home over 48 and a half points. That is your platinum pick. All right, folks, those are your Week 7 Picks 2017 NFL season, and it's time, as always, for the comment of the week from the Week 6 video. The Week 6 comment of the week goes to lovesulf5. This is Lisa Verusso. She has been a listener of mine for a long time. She's very active in the NFL YouTube Prognosticators community, and she gets the comment of the week. From the week six video lisa's comment is great commentary and picks as always justin really love your personality and voice in your pick show so as always you are a terrific listen with very good picks lisa thou doth flatter too much also loving your parlay picks for hatbox nation fuck at least somebody is (laughs) you'll get that six pick parlay sooner than later and i know that it'll be a fantastic week for me with money bags and smiles good luck this week justin and hashtag let's take the man's money. What a perfect, well-rounded comment. Lisa, you always give me so much love. Thank you so much for your comments and yours. It was the comment of the week from the week six video. All right, folks, that is going to wrap up week seven in the NFL. We're going to get you out of here on my CFL picks for week 18 in the CFL season. I believe only three weeks to go in the regular season before we hit the playoffs. And there are matchups here with playoff implications in terms of the East West crossover. So without further ado, here we go. CFL picks for week 18. I like the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to go into Calgary and beat the Stampeders. Stamps have nothing left to play for. Saskatchewan is still fighting for that crossover berth. I like the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to go into Toronto and beat the Argos. I like the BC Lions at home to get an upset win over the Edmonton Eskimos, and I like the Hamilton Tiger Cats to go into Montreal, Hamilton also fighting for their playoff lives here, go into Montreal and beat the Alouettes. I was only two and two last week. That has us 12 and 16 straight up, picking the CFL. Let's get that sucker back to 500 this week. That's it for me. Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, mea culpa for being late this week. Work obligations were there, but thank you so much for listening to the week seven video let's hope we do better than we did in week six and we'll see you again in week eight